Welcome to another of the 10 Minutes with Coot Street podcasts, which Jonathan and I have been doing forever, it seems. Uh, this is Gary Wolf, and today I am really delighted to have with us one of the great fantasy artists of our time, a multiple Hugo World Fantasy, Chesley, Locus Award-winning um, Charles Fess. Uh, how are you today, Charles? Oh, I'm shuffling my feet going, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just moved recently, didn't you? I did. Uh, almost the same place, except we're down uh, by a river. We have a big, giant porch, and uh, when it gets too hot, you just go jump in the river. and It's like uh, a vacation spot you've rented, except that we live there. Oh, good grief. I'm, I'm, I'm enormously jealous that you have outdoor things to go to Yeah. during the lockdown. I'm in the middle of a city, which... I, it's, a great, it's a great neighborhood, but everything that makes the neighborhood great has been shut down all summer. Yes, I, I can't even imagine. We've we've got about two acres of land, and I've got my studio is about fifteen minutes away in a little village, and uh, you know I don't let much of anybody in here, so I've got both spaces. I never feel claustrophobic. I'm very lucky. Well, that sounds great. Well, let's start with the usual questions we do uh, on, on on these little things. Because you're you're not just an illustrator. We'll get to this later. But you're you're a writer. You read a lot of stuff. I've heard compliments about you from everybody, from uh, Neil Gaiman to Ursula Le Guin, that you read and understand what you're illustrating. So my question is, what do you read for fun? Oh well, I just finished Kathleen Jennings' Fly Away, uh-huh. which I thought was wonderful, beautifully written. Uh, and uh, I didn't realize how well it was written till I tried. I read the next book on my reading queue, mm-hmm. and it seemed so flat-footed. And I went, "Oh, it was actually well written, but it didn't have uh, the zing that Kathleen had put in it." And I also have. Uh, I'm working my way through a, a fairly large book by Robert McFarlane, who's a nature writer, and. Uh, and it's just about walking all over England and Palestine and various places and what he experiences. It's very, I, I love it. And uh, coming up <laughs> is Mary Qualls' uh, The Calculating Stars. So I'm looking forward to that. That sounds great. Uh, do you think, do you, do you recommend things to people? This is the other thing, not necessarily that you're reading right now, but something that's comfort food or something that's relaxing or de stressing for times like this? I have. Uh, I, I do a lot of that on my Facebook page and talk about what I'm reading or, or some interesting books or movies, and people seem to respond to that really well. Uh, they, a, a number of people say they have their book lists come from my recommendations. Oh, really? It's a little scary, <laughs> but it's okay. That's fine. You know, what are a couple of your recommendations, just to get it on the record? Oh, um uh, Alice Hoffman is a favorite author of mine, and her the last book that came out, The World That We Knew, which does feature a golem. Uh, it's World War II. Uh, it's in uh, Germany and then France. It was really, really a good book. Um, let's see. I read The Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex Harrow. I love that. Someone lent it to me, and I talked about it on Facebook. And then uh, Bill Schaefer of Subpress 
contacted me and said, did I want to do a cover for a special edition of it through them? And I was like, yes, that'll be fun. That's great. Uh, Sherman Alexie's Reservation Blues. Uh, another, uh, which all these have fantastic elements, but sometimes people don't read them because they're more literary. Whatever that means, I don't right. know. Uh, that's always been a problem is that you have, uh, you even have, well, academics and critics like me, not me particularly, saying, well, this isn't really fantasy. This is magic realism or this is uh, visionary or uh -huh. uh, cosmic. I, I know uh, that Doris Lessing was really upset that all the reviews for science fiction novels start out by saying it's not science fiction because she said, <laughs> I'm trying to write science fiction. Uh -huh. Sorry she didn't think so. Well, there's also a really cool one called, it uh, came out maybe a year, year and a half ago, uh, The Mermaid and Mrs. Hancock. And it's uh, set during Victorian England. And there is indeed a mermaid in it, a very strange mermaid. Uh, and it was very engrossing, and it's a big book. So uh, it's perfect for uh, uh, isolation in your apartment in uh, some big city. That sounds like something I, I, I need to look out. Yeah, I've, 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 I certainly did read the Ten Thousand Doors of January. In fact, I've read her new novel, which uh -huh. is just as exciting in a completely different way. Okay, but since you brought up the cover that you're doing for the Subterranean Press edition, and we can put in a plug because those special Subterranean Press editions are generally gorgeous. Yes, and well put together. But you're also working on uh, a lot of other interesting forthcoming things. So tell us a little bit about. Oh yeah. Um, that. Well, in about a month or so, this signed and numbered edition of Stardust by both Neil and I myself on handmade papers with all printed by a hand letterpress. And wow. uh, the pictures will be tipped in with tissue guards, which I never I thought would be in a book like this. I've, I've got some old books that have tipped yep. in. Yep. So do I. <laughs> I have my favorite one. books. Uh, and it's already sold out, but it'll, it'll be out in about a month. Well, since it's already sold out, it's probably just as well to know that it's probably more money than most of us have. Yes. Yes. The, the what are they, lettered edition, the signed and numbered lettered edition, which has all the bells and whistles, uh, was 1,600 euros. Good grief. And it went in, I think, 20 minutes. You know, good Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, oh, okay. Right. That's. Uh, and it's, it's, it has new art in it. Uh, I was say, you've got a long, long history with Stardust. Yeah. Uh, as Neil said, Stardust will never end. <laughs> <laughs> and it is in a good way. Uh, and I'm also. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, I'm working with uh, author uh, Joanne Harris. Who wrote Chocolat and Blackberry Wine and all sorts of other right. books. But this is an outright uh, fairy tale fantasy called Honeycomb. Uh, a big, it's about 500 pages of text, and I've done 30 some black and white pieces, and I'm getting ready to finish up the 14 color plates in it. So it'll, it'll be a big, big book. Uh, Saga is publishing it here in the States, and Orion in uh, the UK. So, uh, so that'll be out, what, in the spring? Uh, sometime next year. 
as quick as I can get it done. <laughs> okay. You, you know, I, I, I'm amazed at the amount of uh, work you, you you get done because it's, it's it seems to me stylistically it it differ, it has to differ from book to book. Um, it, it does somewhat, but you know you you just keep working. Right, and uh, and and the work you've done for Saga Press has been. Uh, it seems like a, a very fruitful collaboration for both yeah. of you. Well, Joe Monty's got is has a good good mind, and he's good to work with. So, well, he also uh, has, has has good taste in putting together. For example, you and Earthsea. Yes, it was his idea, and uh, uh, the when he he took me to breakfast once, I. I think I was at PhilCon and we um, went to breakfast and he said, I, the first thing I'm going to do with saga is I'm, I want, and this is before I'd even signed any contracts or gone through the agents and all that. Uh, but he said, my vision is to collect all the Earthsea books and have you illustrate them. And it was both uh, wonderful and totally intimidating because I love those books. Oh Yeah. And, and not only that, but there's a, there's a history. There's a history of illustrations of those books, or at least covers of those books, that really annoyed Ursula. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> it was uh, proved uh, for some uh, interesting conversations. But you, you were consulting with her all during this. Yes, yeah, it was really, uh, I th- even better than having this beautiful sumptuous book was getting to know her and it is someone I'd read since oh the seventies or earlier somewhere yeah. in there. and I just loved her writing and she's uh, she's pithy and interesting and always kept you on your toes so right and the uh, I guess the other uh, repeat collaborator you've had has been Neil Gaiman and I uh-huh. I know he really appreciates your work going back to was it, was it Am I thinking Blueberry Girl? Is that the title? Yes, there's Blueberry okay. Girl. Uh, which... And instructions and a lot of different things. Uh, it, the, what I realized after years, I've been making my living doing this for over 40 years. Yeah. And I realized that uh, the better writing you work with, the more challenging the writing is, the b- more it's going to pull out of you and the better your art's going to be. Uh, if you're just sort of coasting on along, uh, everyone can tell. <laughs> yeah. so it's uh, more fun with someone that uh, will go, well, can you change that? You know, like grumble, grumble, but then it becomes <laughs> a better drawing. So, yay. And and, and and one which is fairly representative of the text itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like the old days of pulp illustrators who would just find one action scene in a story and illustrate uh-huh even if the characters didn't look anything like it. so Well, you really have to think about uh, if it's a book that millions of people have already read, then you have to be respectful of their imagination. Right. Of the characters, what they look like, which is why when I illustrated Ursi, I tried to keep everyone distant. I didn't want to draw portraits of these people because people already knew what they looked like in their mind. Yeah. It's a very good point. But Stardust, uh, you know, was uh, <laughs> Neil wrote it to see me illustrate scene, <laughs> so it was really like I get to do everything I want. You know? So you you got first crack at what all those characters yeah. look like. Yeah, it was. You know, he'd go. I wonder what 
a giant tr- uh, port city in a tree with galleons docking on it would look like, <laughs> I'll write that in there. <laughs> and then I was spending weeks and weeks drawing the thing. So I, re- I remember talking to a couple of people when the movie came out saying that the movie got it wrong because it didn't look exactly like your illustration. Uh, well, the director didn't like Victorian and didn't like fairies. That sort of but comes across. I still had, um, I enjoyed myself a lot. So I had a, once had a conversation with Holly Black about what you want from a movie made from your work. And basically we agreed that you didn't want to be embarrassed. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the level you go for. So. Yeah. Th- th- that makes sense to me. If it's, I mean, if it's a good movie on its own terms, that's yep. uh, fine. That's a famous quotation from James M. Cain when somebody asked him if Hollywood had ruined all his uh, novels that had been, you know, the postman always rings twice and so forth. And he pointed to a shelf of his novels and said, nope, they're there, they're fine. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But speaking of which, you've I, you've done some writing yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about uh I, you're, you're serializing the novel on your website now, is that correct? I did that uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and everyone sitting inside. I did uh-huh. it. I put a chapter up a day for about a little month and a half. It's a, a novel that sort of forced its way into my brain and and the characters in it started talking and they told me a whole plot. <laughs> and I was like, okay, 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 I'll write it down. So I wrote it down and spent years um, having various people read it and make suggestions and editing and moving and sliding it around. And I'm I'm pretty happy with it now. Uh, and it's out with a couple people reading it. So we'll see. See what happens. The title is The Queen of... Queen of Summer's Twilight. Okay. Well, that sounds like, and we can all read the whole thing now. Yeah, it's all up on my we- uh, website. Great. Well, uh, again, we're, uh, I always run over time on these. But again, uh, we've been spending more than 10 minutes with, uh, with Charles Vess. And uh, this has, again, been Gary Wolf with the Coop Street Podcast. And thank you, Charles, for joining us. My pleasure. <laughs>